Hey, everybody, and welcome to Slow Smoke Business. I'm your host, Jared Morgan. Today, we have Green Pal CEO and founder Brian Clayton on the show. Now, Brian has built a tech company, a tech solution for a very blue-collar industry, which is lawn care and landscaping, uh, and learned a lot of lessons on the way. And so let's get five quick minutes with Brian Clayton. A lot of people try to get into the lawn care industry, and it is a healthy industry, right? I mean, there's even in even in bad times, right? People are too busy to mow their yard, take care of their lawn, and it's something I think that that thrives in good times and in bad. But you found a way to kind of go into that industry and turn people into customers that if you'd have gone into it directly, they all would have been competitors. And it, would you would you say lawn care is a saturated market? It's very competitive. It's uh, it's fiercely competitive because it has pretty low barriers to entry. Yeah. Um, you know. Anybody can can be in business for for 500 bucks and and just a, a, a strong work ethic, which is great. It makes it a really good a business to kind of cut your teeth on entrepreneurship to kind of learn what it means to run your own business. I think the lawn mowing business, the, the landscaping business is one of the best industries to do that in. My first business was actually a lawn care company. I started mowing grass in high school as a way to make extra cash and stuck with that little lawn mowing business for about 15 years and built it into a real company uh, with, with 150 employees and, mm. and eight figures a year in revenue. And, and then in 2013, that company was acquired by a national company uh, in, the, in the landscaping space. You wouldn't think there's national companies with thousands of employees, but there are a couple. One of them bought the business. And so after that, I took some time off and thought, well, somebody's gonna build uh, an app. Someone's gonna build a, a marketplace to make this whole industry run smoother. Why can't that be me? And, uh, and I, it was kind of naivete as an asset. I thought the idea would take about a year, maybe two to pull off. And as it turns out, it was very much a slow smoked business. It was, it, <laughs> it, it was very much a 10 year overnight success. But now GreenPal is, uh, is a decade in and, and uh, 300,000 people using the app to get lawn mowing. I think your perspective is that you've actually built two things now that uh, got a material amount of scale. Right, that that you you built two businesses that actually had to go through the scaling process, and I feel like that's a place where a lot of entrepreneurs trip. You mentioned the social network, right? I mean, you know, for Mark Zuckerberg to build a website where people could, you know, in the early days of Facebook, you're poking whatever that was, right? You're poking <laughs> each other, which was sort of what are we doing? But like, and you're sharing pictures and you're whatever. Like, it doesn't take a lot of finesse and whatnot to build that or maybe I guess in the time it, it kind of did but the real magic came as he scaled ultimately to where it's one of the largest internet things in the world and you've actually scaled two businesses now um, what advice can you give to people in the early stages of their business when they're trying to think about setting up their business for scale yeah I think first it's important to to know to begin with the end in mind and know what, what you're seeking from like a, a personal standpoint and, and what type of business you want to build as an entrepreneur. Do you want to build something that touches the mass market? When I started GreenPal, that was really, really kind of how I saw it. I wanted to build something big that touched the mass market that had thousands of customers, maybe ultimately hundreds of thousands and maybe a million users at some point. And so that was, that was a big part of why I decided to build this kind of business. But but maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you just want to retire at 40 and travel the world. Or maybe you want to, you know, uh, buy a new house. Or maybe you want to put your kids through the best uh, college that you can. And, and maybe you have different financial goals 
So you don't have to build a really big business. And I think a lot of folks uh, yeah. get, get into the idea of, of they have to build this, this big business when, in fact, you don't. Um, when I was building my landscaping business, I, from year two to year nine, I made the same money or less every year, you know, because I was pouring every dime I had back into the company because I really wanted to build the biggest uh, landscaping business I could in, in, in my market. But that was what I wanted to do. Meanwhile, I had competitors who were making more money than me. And I know many, many, many blue-collar millionaires that, that yeah. had plumbing businesses, that had excavation businesses, that had roofing businesses, that uh, kept it really small and tight, you know, one or two helpers, one or two employees. They, they took their money and invested it wisely and stuff like real estate. And, and, and they, they're, they're more wealthy than, than bankers and lawyers and doctors. Yeah, you know, a way to think about it is like manual before automatic, mm. right? Um, you know, he was getting ready to build this like system that was automatic and he hadn't even like, you need to do it manually. You need to kind of go to your point, go f look at the inventory and say, can I find a buyer for this? And, yep. you know, and, and all of that. And also another piece of it was sort of like asking people whether they, uh, yeah, I think they probably would want to do that sort yeah. of thing. But the reason that businesses generally go out of business there's a lot of there's a lot of other there's there's kind of like an other category that's probably twenty percent but eighty percent of the time, what is it? It's because they don't have enough customers. Right. Right. It's and so, I think that when I've mentored people that were uh, more tech focused, like coders and whatnot, they typically do what your guy just did right there. They jumped all the way to the how. Right? How am I going? How am I going to do that? How am I going to build this system? How I, and they don't actually get into the why or should I or does anybody care or right. how do I get customers? And like, you know, people people like to chide salespeople a lot in that they they sell vaporware and they sell. But at the end of the day, like. Nothing happens until someone sells something. That's the old joke we used to say when we was like tech and ops and, and sales are all like nothing happens until somebody sells something. Until you can actually understand why somebody goes, oh, yeah, 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 I'll do that. How much is it? Right. And you can and you can get that to happen a lot. Um, you don't really have a business. That's right. You know, and there's a lot of other reasons why you might not have a business. But that one's like at the front of the line. If you can't actually get somebody to get their wallet out, then you don't have a business. That's right. And, and the first-time founder, I've made this mistake, worries about the product. They worry about what the brand looks like, what the color scheme looks like, what the company culture is going to be, what's the social media uh, page going to look like. The first-time founder worries about all of those product-related things. And the second-time founder worries about sales and distribution. <laughs> because the second-time founder has yep. been around the block and knows that however hard it is to build that product and bring it to market, Getting a hundred customers, getting a thousand customers is is ten times or a hundred times harder, yep. and and that's the reason why this day and age you've got, you know, these social media influencers that can command big money, because they have the distribution. Yep. They can they can put the product in people's hands, and that distribution is actually more valuable, and more more and harder to attain than building the product in the first place. Guys, if you enjoyed that five minutes with Brian, please check out the entire episode right where you found this one. We're going to dive into all sorts of things, the lessons learned, how to scale, uh, how to know when it's time to raise money, what to do, the, what, the pitfalls to watch if you raise money for your startup. All of that's in the entire episode. We're also cooking a nice, thick, juicy 
uh, beef picanha. We're going to have that on the smokers. You're going to see how that turns out. Check it out, and we'll see you next time. We'll slow smoke business. <laughs>